Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. Cindy Riggs is an internationally renowned, universal channel, author, and spiritual consultant. Cindy has been practicing professionally since 1997, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back, Jeffrey. Thank you for being with me. Oh, of course. Thank you for the opportunity. So today I want to talk about past lives. This is a very popular subject. You've had some experience with your own. Mm-hmm. Yep. Led me through some great stuff you have. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But I'd like to start by beginning with the assumption that there's no death. Um, and I think anybody listening to this podcast knows there's no death. But sometimes I have people say, have I had past lives? I'm like, yeah, you've lived all, all of it. We've all lived forever. Um, you know, we're all eternal consciousness. So yeah, of course you have. But, but do you mean human lives? You know, that's something we can explore. Death is a transformation into a different form. And that is our original form which I will call the afterlife, um, which is invisible to most incarnate people, but certainly accessible to anyone who learns to tap into it. Um, Past lives are also said to be stored in the Akashic records. You know this term, Jeffrey? I do. Akashic. Edgar Cayce called that the universe's supercomputer, which we now refer to as the cloud. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's that's where all the information is stored. And that's how psychics can do readings because we tap into that cloud, that universe's supercomputer. So what is the soul? It's it's just an eternal consciousness that's part of one huge, massive source field. Mm -hmm. And that's just terminology. And so when people ask me, what what is my soul? And because the soul is the part of you that may experience multiple lifetimes and i would call the soul a quantum part quantum particles grouped into a unique configuration as specified by the source consciousness and one of my favorite analogies is take a little cup and scoop some water out of the ocean and that's what you are that's what your soul configuration is for one lifetime so that's what I had to begin sort of this conversation. And so what, are, what an incarnated human is, is that glass of water. Does that make sense mm-hmm. to you? Yeah. And I think that's important that we explain to listeners what that concept is to be incarnated. Love the analogy because um, you're correct. And, and same as you know, uh, snowfall, like no two flakes are alike. So like when right. you have it all hit the ground, like it, it just, it may look the same as we humans in some way, shapes and forms are the same, but like no two really are the same. I think that's a great analogy with scooping ocean water. So yeah, I think it's important that we talk about what an incarnated human is. Yeah. And it's also important, all the spirits of the spirit world have said, please educate people that you're not always the same configuration in every lifetime. And I could go on for a half hour about how that all works. And in my lectures, I have Ziploc bags of different colored poker chips. And I'll say, give me a name. You know, Abraham Lincoln is the blue poker chips. And give me another name. And that could be like, give me a name. 
Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Okay. So let's say they both die. The Ziploc bags come open and their particles are free because those poker chips represent the particles. And then they're like, hey, what if we combined our particles next time? Let's see what that might be like. Or let's pick some over here from Gandhi or from someone else. And let's combine that and incarnate with those memories and those experiences. So when people say, oh, I was this person in a past life or I did this in a past life, it's like, well, maybe part of you. Because I'm amazed at how many people say, oh, a psychic told me I was Cleopatra in a past life. I'm like, how many Cleopatras do we have running around? Because that's just in my small little world that people are saying that, <laughs> you know? Right. And I'm not saying it's not true. You know, there could be Cleopatra particles in 50,000 people right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean you were Cleopatra. Not necessarily. Maybe. I mean, it's, anything's possible. Right? Anything is possible. That's true. It is like limitless possibility. So a lot of people will ask me how many lives have we lived? Well, everybody's mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. Just like, you know, when we get to death and reincarnation in another podcast, we're going to talk about how the death experience is unique to each person too. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think people have different views on it and just context for this discussion probably is good you know right and i often refer to past to other lifetimes as either other space-time experiences or Mm -hmm. other lifetimes because technically we have access to future lives too (laughs) but that's that's another conversation (laughs) so with that said um i guess the question i would ask you is how many lives do we think we've lived and and then that begets the next question, which is how quickly do we reincarnate? Right. So I think the number of lives is, or space-time experiences is unique. And I think we also have to open our minds to uh, other lifetimes aren't necessarily on this planet or in Mm -hmm. a body because there are beings that don't even need bodies. And then how quickly we reincarnate? Yeah. I think that's unique to each person also. And then there's the whole thing about, you know, I've had people say, but my mother passed away. And if she reincarnates, she won't be there when I transition. Like, but she will though, because we're still all of those people at once because outside of the space time, everything's happening at once. So yes, your mother will be there to greet you in whatever form you need her to be. Um, But she could be reincarnated also, or part of her configuration could be. Yeah, and I think that relates to the idea that you were just referring to, which is, you know, do we humans always reincarnate as humans? Like, no. you know, do we reincarnate as animals? Is there something else we reincarnate to? But, you know, that whole idea of opening the possibilities, I think, you know, that comfort that people are seeking when they ask you that question of, well, what about, and are they going to be there or that kind of thing? And I think, you know, having that mindset may help a little bit with that. Right. And you said animals, you know, like, I don't know if 
if we reincarnate as animals, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't that be possible? If I want to have an experience of being a dragonfly for however long a dragonfly lives, um, <laughs> then maybe I want to have that experience for a few weeks or however long it lives. I recently did some past life reading for a client in which they were killed in battle and then they came right back as a child and then they also did not survive as the baby. Mm. So they really wanted to be here to finish something, but then they still didn't get to, <laughs> you know, they still didn't get to be part of it. So that was interesting um, that they reincarnated immediately and I was able to have access to that information. Yeah. So with that said, you know, there are a number of movies out about pets. Uh, the ones I remember most specifically recently are about dogs and um, you know, dog's purpose is one of them. And the question I would ask, and I think people would like to ask as well is do pets reincarnate and return to you as a new pet? Oh, I think that a lot of people want that mm -hmm. because they're so attached to the pet. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I just think it would be rare. Why would that pet, if that whole experience was complete, why would that pet need to come back to the same person? I'm not saying they don't. I have people who are convinced that that has occurred mm -hmm. and I can't confirm or deny that. If that's what you want to believe and it makes you happy, then believe that. I mean, all of life is just a series of beliefs. Mm -hmm. anyway <laughs> and so if you believe that they are that personality then enjoy absolutely nothing wrong with that at all you know if you believe that then why do you need anybody else to validate it <laughs> let's see previous podcasts about attachment and programming <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so one of the things that you do, and you've done it with me, um, are past life regressions. Yes. Um, how, I guess I'm curious for me and my own knowledge, but uh, how popular are past life regression sessions for you? How, how often do you do those with people? Well, they're, they're pretty popular. Um, I don't do them constantly because my defragmenting session is the most popular session I do. But certainly if I do a presentation about past life regression or a workshop, or a demonstration, you know, where people can explore, then I'll get some people who schedule their own individual one as a result of that. I don't know. I'd probably do a few a month. They're all very interesting. They're all very unique. It, it is hypnosis. So if people have never been hypnotized or never meditated, it might be difficult for them to actually see something. I do wonder because I think I was pretty fortunate because I remember the, the first one we did and the things that I did see. Now, I think that the, the process that you used was, was really good because um, it allowed me to use my subconscious to, to see things that maybe I wasn't aware I'd seen, but the, the images and the quote unquote video, if you will, of it um, was pretty clear mm -hmm. for me, right. but I also... I'm not sure if that, to your point, um, is the case with everyone, uh, which isn't. I'm sure could be frustrating. Yeah, it isn't the case. Um, and, you know, they've read a book about it. 
Many Lives, Many Masters is a very popular book that everybody reads. And then they think, I want to do that because they think it's going to be just as successful. And they don't realize that that hypnotherapist with their subject had practiced many, 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 many times, many sessions to get that kind of information. That doesn't mean people can't, they can't. But if they have never meditated or practiced using their mind's eye, it might be difficult for them. And I have had a few people either scared of what they're going to see, or they just can't see anything at all. Yeah. But that's rare. I would have to say that's like two out of a hundred. You know, most people can see something. If you can picture your kitchen in your mind's eye right now, you can see stuff under hypnosis. So that whole first time concept, I, I have to wonder how much people being attached to the idea of seeing something they're so yeah. um, spun up with the idea of, I, I really want to see this. I want to understand this. I want to, you know, be able to do this, that they close off yeah. um, their mind from yeah. being able to do that. Cause it, it does to your point, take a meditative state or allowing for the hypnosis to take place in order for it to be, probably what people want it to be knowing full good and well is different for everyone because everyone's connection to that is different. So talking about that, and I kind of think I answered my own question a little bit, but is, are there things that people could do in order to prepare for that first session? Yes, they could be regular meditators or they could meditate a few times, or they could listen to some guided visualization, which they can probably find on YouTube or on my own site, I've got a couple guided visualizations that you can listen to, but practice, practice being in a trance, basically practice, you know, relaxing because you're right about the anxiety piece. If people have an expectation and they're attached to that expectation, I have people say, well, a psychic told me that I was killed in a war. So I'm hoping I see that. Well, that's not necessarily what your higher self wants you to see. You know, it wants you to see what's going to be most helpful for you. So I know some people come in and oh, I know I've been an alien before. So I'm hoping I see that, you know, okay. <laughs> and then maybe they're creating it, you know, That's but it, it's better if they have zero expectations and they just allow the experience. That's what happened to me the first time I had zero expectations. I wasn't even a meditator here. I was in this group. We were all crammed together on this bench and uh, in a little bookstore. And I'm like, I can't see anything. This isn't working. Blah. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm seeing stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I never thought about doing mechanical work on a bi-wing plane before. You know, like I couldn't have been making that up. I was a man and I was aware that I was a man and I could see my family and see their faces. And <laughs> it was very interesting. Sure. Which that's, that's another interesting piece i think the expectations that we have for these of uh, something as simple as well i'm a man now so i must have been a man in previous lifetimes is absolutely fascinating that, right, that I know. what we've experienced uh, you know before um, isn't necessarily what we're experiencing now and and maybe that's just the intention of the reincarnation is to experience something different because i i don't necessarily think that I believe that the universe wants to repeat any experience. Maybe like, I don't know that for sure, but like 
I, I, you know, us being here to learn and to grow, like that doesn't align with doing something again. Uh, it doesn't. No. Either, you know, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me, but right. it doesn't I'm make also sense trying to, to yeah. And I'm trying to understand things at this level, which aren't necessarily understood anyway. So. <laughs> right. And that's, that's a very important piece. We can't understand it all. Mm-hmm. And we have to be aware that we can't understand it all because everybody's ego is like, we're going to be the one to understand it. Oh, you know, we're going to be the genius that understands it. And we can't. Yeah. Our brain is just not equipped to understand the biggest mm-hmm. picture of all of reality. I mean, I can remember some of my own regressions and the things that I saw, some of them pleasant, some of them meh, some of them uh, not so pleasant, but like the more I've learned about the process, the more that I just I try to take it in as like I'm going to a movie, you know, I'm just going to sit and watch and uh, see what I get from it type of deal. I love that. Thank you. I'm going to use that with my clients. <laughs> Just pretend you're going into a movie and you don't know what to expect. Yeah, I even learned to bring popcorn with me. So, oh, popcorn. <laughs> um, <laughs> but people also have to realize that they're not going to see it any more clearly than they see their kitchen in their mind's eye right now. And I think that Hollywood has made us think that it's going to look just like a movie, like it's real. Yeah. Um, and it can look more real sometimes, but it's usually not that vivid (laughs) i would guess folks also who are wanting to see something specific may have the question about does that past lifetime affect what i'm doing right now and how does that do that wanting to understand and maybe take it a step further and try to alter what's supposed to happen or control the situation that kind of things that that question even makes sense Yeah, it does. So there are people who come in with a certain behavior that they have no reason why they have this behavior or a fear or a phobia. And they want to find, you know, did I live some traumatic death that had to do with this phobia or this behavior? But yes, they are looking for more answers in other space-time experiences because they don't seem to find the answers here even though the answers are all inside us anyway, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but so is the, so are the memories in our DNA from these other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. So it can be helpful. Did that answer the question? Yeah, I think it does. I I think in terms of one of my regressions of um, a a war type scene and leaning on something hot and what that might mean for a, a, a birthmark that's on me, you know, I, I, I wonder, you know, if that's something that's carried forward, uh, from that experience, um, of the burn and where it just happens to be. Yeah. Birthmarks are interesting. Like, was that a stab wound or like what would cause it to be there? That is very interesting to me. And we can't, you know, we can't prove most of this, but it's very interesting to entertain. And when somebody goes to a past life and they say, oh, well, I was stabbed right here. Oh my gosh, that's where I have a birthmark. You know, then that could be very interesting. Can we still prove it? No. No. 
Um, That's just just what my intuition tells me. And as you're saying, like there's no proof to it. It's not. I couldn't go into a courtroom with evidence and prove oh, that. Right. <laughs> but it's just what my intuition tells me in terms of birth. Yeah, and so that's that's what it is for you, mm. and that's the truth for you, and that's okay. Yep, that's great. So you had mentioned earlier access and future lifetimes. What, what can you tell us about that? I am not certain, but it seems as though we are prevented from seeing future lifetimes. I don't know that I've had anybody see one. Okay. Because if it's not on this planet, they would have no frame of reference for what that planet might look like or what that reality might look like. Mm. Because even when we think about other planets, they don't necessarily have trees and lakes and grass and you know, it might look like nothing we've ever seen before. Yeah, totally fair. So I have had people have an experience of something otherworldly, but I don't know for sure that it was the future. That being said, there are people like Gene Roddenberry. You know, where did he get all those futuristic ideas for Star Trek? You know, was he dreaming that stuff? Did, was he seeing future? I mean, I think it's possible. Sure. But in a regression, I don't, I don't hear a lot of that. And um, I don't see any of it myself, you know, like way out in the future. Right. Um, but then I recently saw a meme on Facebook where it was, a, it was a screen capture from a Star Trek episode in which the woman was showing Captain Kirk a clipboard and it said, uh, iPads have been a thing for, you know, a long time. <laughs> and so he didn't quite make up the iPad idea. But. Right. No, that's, yeah, that is fascinating. I saw that one myself. So yeah, yeah. very, very funny stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's got to come from someplace and how you explain it, I think is really up to you. Uh, mm -hmm. We are meant to create, yes. but you know, the idea of, the concepts that were in that TV series or um, that are in the, you know, uh, Marvel and DC heroes yeah. series and all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, it's got to come from someplace. So. It, does. it does have to come from someplace. And while I think it's possible, I do think there are some things we're prevented from seeing because how is it helpful for us to see the future when we can't create it now and then that just distracts us from what we're supposed to be doing here and now. Sure. It's a good That's question. Fair. It's a good question. Um, curious, because I've got a question. Do you have anybody who's going to come visit with us today who might be able to enlighten I us? Do. You do. Yes. Awesome. I actually, I actually set this up in advance this time, which I don't normally do, but I've asked the Elohim to come because the Elohim are programmers of life. They are the creator gods, so to speak of this whole source field and they are the ones who encode our bodies and or co-encode co-create our bodies and our blueprints for our lifetimes and i thought they would be ideal for this discussion so i will bring them in now elohim and as i encounter the elohim elohim is actually a hebrew word for god and as I encounter them, they are a group of beings, even though I do not know how many there are. I can't count them. 
So they are a large group and I've channeled them for a long time, more than 20 years. So you have some questions prepared for them? I actually do. Great. I suspect this, this whole conversation just creates more questions and people are welcome to send us their questions. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There's a forum on my podcast page of the website, cindyriggs.com, in which they can submit a question mm. or submit an idea for a future podcast. Mm. Okay, I'm going to switch over now. We are Elohim, pleased to assist you with your conversation today. How may we assist? Thank you for joining us. Um, as, as I'm sure you are aware, we've been talking about incarnation and, and reincarnation. Yes. And uh, we figured that we would go to um, what we would consider well-informed entities that would be able to help us. Yeah. Um, I guess I would start with some of the things that, that this one and I were speaking about and just asking about how incarnation, reincarnation works from your perspective. It works similar to programming software. So we are writing programs as we are asked to, and then that all comes together as a workable application. That application then is installed into a human body, and then it becomes similar to your artificial intelligence or your robots, avatars perhaps. Mm. Too scientific? No, I, I think that's a fair comparison because uh, I think most people understand what software is and that it does certain things, which right. the begets software. the question of, and I, I apologize, I keep asking questions here, but like it begets the question then of does the universe write the same software program again, comparing that to the question that people have sometimes of, you know, I think my person is the same person from the past, i.e. I reincarnated as some, you know, star or movie person or singer or athlete. So you are wondering if we program duplicates? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes duplicates are requested by the source. So understand that all of this is requested by the source of all creation. And then the individual soul configurations also have choice with reincarnating with groups of people, which is quite common because of the familiarity of the configurations, because it is quite frightening to incarnate here. And when you are with people that feel familiar to you, it is a little easier to adjust to this reality. That makes Does sense. That answer the question? No, that does make sense. Thank you for that. So how quickly typically do souls that, that each of those parts of source 
reincarnate and why? Why do they choose to reincarnate? This varies. Why they choose? Because the source wants yet another experience. It wants all the experiences that are possible. And that is limitless. So it is common for spirits to reincarnate fairly quickly. It is interesting that humans always think that they do not want to return to an incarnation. They want mm. to be finished. They want it to be over because they think it is painful. And it is at times. But to be cast in another movie or game is very exciting to play a different role mm. or to play a similar role and to play that role better than the last time. And that makes sense. So you said something interesting in that souls sometimes want to reincarnate as uh, another role, if you will. Are we able to reincarnate as animals or other living things? Certainly, certainly. However, you are here to evolve. We are all evolving. All consciousness is evolving. And so while you may want an experience of an animal or an insect, it is likely that you have already had that experience. So if you have become a human and you believe you have evolved to a point where you are ready for the next step, it would be difficult for you to step back into just the instinct without the awareness. Mm. Mm. That's fascinating. Okay. That, that makes a ton of sense too. But what you're saying is that a soul could choose to potentially not evolve in certain circumstances and go back to being something else. You're saying that's a possibility. It is a possibility for perhaps a little vacation. From okay. Perhaps to just have, as, as you know, most of your animals and insects do not live as long as the humans do. So it mm. could be just a little break. Understood. That makes sense. But remember, if you do, you do not have the awareness. You only have instinct. Right. So you lose all of your awareness to do so. And then what is the point of the experience if you do not have the awareness? Okay. That makes sense. So people will ask at times about their pets who they love, adore, and miss when they transition. Um, is it possible for a beloved pet to reincarnate and be with the same family? It is. However, it is very rare. Is there a reason why that is? Is that to choose a new experience or to evolve? Always to choose a new experience. Yes. Okay. Not only would the spirit of the animal choose a new experience, but the family or the humans also require new experiences in order to evolve. That makes sense. So a family that would choose to get another dog after their previous dog transitions, um, while they are likely looking for that same type of bond and experience, the, the soul that shows up in that animal 
may do that, but likely will provide a new experience for that family as well. Yes, it could include some particles of the previous pet so that okay. some of the traits are visible if it chooses. But the humans need to understand that the pet always remains with them. All of the love that they have experienced remains with them, just not visible. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it is important that humans learn every single day how to let go of attachment. Mm. <laughs> yes, that is very true. So a lot of times we seek comfort in the past, like we're talking about with pets. Um, there are some people who seem to think that there is comfort in understanding future lifetimes. Is that helpful for humans to do that? Is that even feasible? Most of that information is purposely prevented from their awareness because it is not helpful. It is not comforting. Some of it could be very much not comforting. Mm. Humans assume that the future is always more technology and more awareness, and that is not necessarily the case. It depends on which reality is chosen. And because humans are on one of many paths at once, in this reality, to see a future from here, from this vantage point, may not be correct. It may be interesting, but may not be correct. It is just not as useful as one might believe. Okay. So with that said, is it possible for a human to see a future lifetime and not even know they're seeing it? Yes. Yeah. Because they don't recognize any of the components of it. Indeed. This happens. Okay. This happens all the time when they are out of their body and they jump to a point in the future, which if they experience it in this lifetime is called a deja vu. If they experience something in the future that is with no frame of reference, then it is just shapes or patterns or colors. Mm. Makes sense. But this happens all the time. It's just not stored in the memory because it is not useful. Mm. So children whose minds are not necessarily clouded like we adults can be at times. Why do some children remember details about other lifetimes? Maybe, I don't want to say better, but, but they remember them differently and maybe more frequently. Many children are still in the awareness of the spirit world while they are one, two, three, four, five, even up to 10 or 11 years old until their body changes into an adult. And so because of this, and if it is nurtured by the parents, then they may have access. Certain soul configurations choose the awareness that they come in with just for part of their experience. Mm -hmm. This is not all children. And if it is not nurtured or if the parents are afraid, then it will shut down more quickly. Mm -hmm. One thing we wanted to say about the children who have awareness, for some, it is to prove 
that there is life after death to the parents who do not believe in it. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. Yes. So shifting from children to adults again, um, there are many humans who believe they find their soul mate during a lifetime. And because they love and enjoy that experience so much, they would like to believe or even request or set an intention, if you will, to reincarnate, to be together again, especially in those romantic situations. Is that something that happens frequently? Is that something that is not normal? Is that, what does that look like for you guys, if you can say? It does not happen as frequently as humans would like it to happen because they want to believe that this is true. Most lifetimes are not repeated as we have discussed. However, it is possible. Everything is possible. All possibilities exist in this multiverse, which is ever expanding. So more and more possibilities continue existing. So you are asking about soulmates and there are many of them that feel familiar to a human because technically we are all the same consciousness. So there can be certain configurations that feel more familiar than others, but what they are feeling is more about what might be programmed into the blueprint for soul alignment and the experiences that those individuals have chosen that, that align. And you can feel that as a human, you can feel when you are aligned with the experiences that the other one has chosen, even though you cannot intellectualize it. Is this yes, answering the question? Yeah, I think it provides good, good context and perspective, uh, especially since what I think is that people who talk about soulmates are talking specifically about that romantic experience. Yeah. Although the, the concept of recognizing oneself in another is kind of how I imagine it in my own mind when you meet somebody and there's just a familiarity there that doesn't have to be romantic, that it's the same concept. Those are also soulmates. You have many here. Each individual has many soulmates here. And many of those could possibly be romantic partnerships mm. of either gender. Because I've also heard of the concept of soul groups, yes. if you will that there are souls that choose to reincarnate in different configurations to experience different things together or to the purpose of resolving something potentially from a past lifetime. Indeed. And you also have soul groups who come in knowing that they will all die in the plane crash together. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so similarly to soulmates there are people who talk about the concept of twin flames is that something that the creators work with is it something that exists I, i'm not even sure how to phrase the question but the, the concept of twin flames yes so as all possibilities exist this twin flame concept also exists similar to the way that this one has described the bags with the chips inside mm. in that one person could 
transition this reality and decide to split themselves into two incarnations and then come back to this reality to see what that might ex experience might be like. That makes sense. Okay. Or to see if they can find the other part of themselves. The challenge or a learning experience. Cool. Yes. It's just, you are allowed to have fun here. And sometimes it's just for fun. Yeah. I, it is interesting that many of the things we talk about with this whole process of reincarnation and past lives that we are anxious, if you will, to resolve challenges rather than looking at it from the perspective of what fun did we have with it. Indeed. And so many are looking for either excuses or explanations mm -hmm. when they could just choose differently and move forward, evolve instead. Yeah. Many humans spend a lot of time looking for evidence of an explanation when they could simply just shift themselves into a higher frequency and move forward with their lives. I had mentioned something in a, a previous comment about resolving issues from past lives. I think some of the people who will listen to this uh, would insert the word karma there. Now, I personally have my own interpretation of the word karma, but what? how does karma work for source for you all as creators? Hmm, very difficult to describe and impossible for you to understand. Hmm. But what we would say is that when humans believe they understand karma, they do not. You cannot completely understand it. Karma is something that occurs to create balance and harmony. And humans often believe that karma is something that is going to be unpleasant. Yeah. That is not always the case. There are many bits of karma that play out in your day that are positive. And so if they think that the person they are with is some karmic debt, this is all mm -hmm. human construct. Mm. Karma is something that occurs without your understanding. Okay. Because my own personal view on karma is I, I have simplified it to a neutral position. Uh, karma is merely a lesson to be learned. And I feel pretty comfortable with that from the standpoint of when something happens, I try not to label it as good or as bad, but saying it is what it is Indeed. and looking at it from a standpoint of what can I learn from this? Is that, is that a fair way to look at it we would not call this karma we would just call this evolutionary practice okay that's awesome <laughs> acceptance um, acceptance is the most powerful technique for evolutionary practice that's fair okay i appreciate that, that. that all being said it is helpful for some to discover what happened in a previous lifetime so that they can heal it in the current lifetime. That makes sense. That makes sense. This, this one does a great deal of work with that. She can speak of that. What other questions do you have for us, the Elohim? Are you familiar with the term walk-ins? Yes. Would you like to talk to our audience a little bit and yes. myself about what a walk-in is? I think that's something that people have different definitions for. Yes, it is not as common as humans might believe, but once in a while, because all things are possible, 
there is a soul configuration that will either blend with or take the place of another one that wishes to exit this, this lifetime. Mm. Or there may be a situation in which the mind is fragmented or compartmentalized and the human is having difficulty functioning in this world. So another will come in to assist or to take its place. It is very rare, but it can happen sometimes. So with that said, is it noticeable to other souls around it if a walk-in does occur? Can it be noticeable? It is noticeable and it is noticeable to the human, the human animal, because the human body has its own programmed wisdom and instinct and it the body has a great deal of awareness then the soul merges with it and they become one so the body would recognize if the soul configuration is different it does occur that's fascinating okay so with that said i would say thank you for being with us today certainly appreciate the wisdom and We'd love to speak with you and help you to understand. We just want you to have fun here and enjoy this journey that you have co-created for yourself, that we have helped you to create. And we'd love to assist you whenever we are asked. Thank you, Elohim. How was that? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, Cindy, now that I'm back, I love the Elohim. I love every time I channel them and they often come into client sessions to work on my clients, to repattern their code. They can repattern your code and make things more efficient for you and create more ease for you. They love to do that. So I enjoyed that very much. Thank you for asking the questions. And um, I would just like to remind our listeners, if they're new or if they're not aware, there are three things I do with past lives. One of them is I can read them. So I can access the Akashic records and say, are you looking for a behavior or a person? We can look for a person in past life regression too. We didn't really talk about that, but we can see, you know, have I known this person before? So I can read past lives all day long. I can of course, hypnotize you so you can see your own past lives. And then in my defragmenting sessions, I can do past life clearing, which is something that the spirit world taught me. And utilizing uh, remote viewing, I can actually go into, well, first of all, your higher self will tell me if there is a past life that needs to be cleared, meaning you died and you did not cross over yet. So you're still stuck on this plane with the you that is here now. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then I can, utilizing remote viewing, go into that lifetime, have a conversation with you, find out why you didn't cross over yet. And there are always three reasons. One, you don't know you're dead. Two, you're afraid you're going to hell because you did something wrong. So it's safer to stay here. Or three, you think something's unfinished. Neither of those are ever true. (laughs) So I can get that spirit crossed over always successfully. And so when I tell people that they're excited, Oh, I want to do a defragmenting session. Cause I want you to clear my past lives. Well, you might not have any, 
I just have to determine that on the spot. The higher self will say there are two or there are four or there's one. And then um, those are all very unique and interesting for me to do too. So I wanted to let our listeners know that those are three things that I do in my practice with past lives. And it's always a fascinating, fascinating subject. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. No question. No question. Fascinating. Well, thank you very much, Jeffrey. Great conversation as always, and certainly joyful to listen to you and our our friends from other places to to understand things a little bit better, or at least as best we can, right? The best we can, right, with our limited human brains, but um, always fun, and there's always more to learn, there's always more expansion, and thank you listeners, hope you'll join us again next time. Thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channel books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com.